What a beauty! G'day community and welcome to the Drop Reynolds Supercoach Podcast. I am Lechdog. I am joined by two beautiful humans. The first one is all the way over in WA, which is by far away from where I am. It's subjective to where you are listening from. Damo, how are you? I am good, Lech. How are you? Mate, I'm fantastic. Another big week of Supercoach. Plenty to talk about. Patch, you beautiful son of our gun. Lechdog. What's going on? You wonderful human being, you. Gosh, it's up. Well, Hmm? I was just going to say, look, I know we like to sit around and do all the pleasantries because we're in love with each other and that's okay in 2022. But honestly, there's so much I want to talk about. I think we just need to get straight into it. It, Well, I feel like you're trying to brush over something though. The the dynasty has ended and (laughs) I know it's hard, but... We've got to we've got to talk about our feelings, like no, we got to we can't just repress it, can't just squash it all down. How how are we feeling following, um, you know, the end of the Blues' reign? Well, well, it's interesting. I was mentally prepared for it because Damo predicted it on the Mailbag podcast. Which Damo, you're a, a modern day not is Nosferatu a future seeing person or is that a vampire? Anyway, you're a Nosferatu. <laughs> Uh, uh no look honestly i i didn't watch the game live i listened to it i didn't get to watch it live and so i feel mostly responsible i i predicted a lot of things for the weekend it feels like i almost wrote the round go on hit us with the the highlights uh i said that nathan o'driscoll was worth the punt he scored yep, at what 104 check. check take that one off i said heath chapman was worth sticking fat with Again, yep. I said Nick Dacos was a vice-captaincy option. Yes, and will be for the next 15 years, it looks like. And I said that um, Carlton wasn't a foregone conclusion against the Suns. Yes. (laughs) No comment on the last one. No, look, it's... And I I even said on the Mailbag podcast, these are the sorts of games that Carlton would lose in the past, so so this game will tell us how far... how far forward they've come, and um, yeah. No, look, look. It was it was a poor game, but we lost for different reasons to what we normally lose to. So I, I'm still buoyed. But let's talk, Super Coach. We're going to do our positives and negatives for the round, gentlemen. This is fast becoming my favourite part of the podcast, and I mean, I'm once again, as always, I'll go first because I get to steal the easy ones. My positive was Big Maxi gone. Big Maxi Gorn, he's dead because Jackson plays in the in the team. He scores 160 against Port Adelaide, and we'll touch on why he scored that against Port Adelaide. But I'm I'm mate, guys, I'm I'm excited. Big Max Gorn, 160, had the VC on him, locked it in, took it. You know what's scary about Max Gorn? It still feels like he's only going at like 60. percent Yeah, I look. He had a great game, but yeah, there's, it still feels like you're right that he's he's chugging along. Uh, Part of the reason I chucked the VC on him, I just had a vibe that Port Adelaide gave up a lot of points 
in the ruck. And Damien Ma on Twitter, at Damien23, actually did the numbers for us. So recognized Ruckman, and I think he filtered that by like 10 hitouts. Port Adelaide are the worst team in terms of uh, scores. So Ruckman averaging 106 points per game against Port Adelaide. Then it's West Coast, Sydney, Collingwood, all giving up 100 points each to Ruckman. Um, It's interesting if you look at it because Maxi comes up against a lot of these teams that are just giving away points in the rucks over the next few weeks. So one to watch. Very happy with Max Gorn's performance. What about you guys? Do you guys have something positive to talk about from this round? Damn, I'll let you go first. I'm going to borrow one from you, Lek. Last week, you were happy because your team performed well after not trading. And I was ready to pull the trigger on a few things last week and didn't. And I ended up finishing with a score in the 2300. So I was very happy with that. Well done, well done, well done. And shout out to my mate Bosey, who was eighth for the round with a score eighth. of almost twenty six hundred, like twenty five eighty or something crazy. Wow, whatever the, it was crazy. And Damo twenty three hundred is an awesome score this week. What about you, Patcheroo? See the bombers fly up, up. We beat oh, you the, the Adelaide Crows, and uh, Nick Martin is our best player, um, which is a sad indictment on where we're at as a football club. Incredible indictment on the state of my supercoach forward line where he's the player I have the most confidence in. Um, just looks real good. Just like a mini Zach Merritt. Um, can go in and get his own ball. Very good kick. Getting, you know, center bounce attendances. Getting run on the wing. He's playing as a midfielder, basically. Um, which, you know, sliding into that Carl Langford role. He's now had to slide into the Zach Merritt role. And incredibly looks okay in it. Like, he he looks good. Um, so remarkable stuff from the young man and I hope everyone moved heaven and earth to bring him in if you didn't start with him um, because wowee, what a footballer. Yeah, I ended up bringing him in this week, had him on the bench, traded out Hayes for him, which you know might come back to bite us when we talk about the news, but hey, I'll take Martin, a solid little player and hey, hey. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do another positive just very Whoa, quickly. Settle down. Trading out Josh Rochelle to those who did it, I mean, apologies because he scored 106. But this is why he's just all class. He is all class. You would have seen him up close and personal. Well, at least watched it. Patch. How, how good is this kid? Um, I I didn't watch him this week. I was uh, preoccupied all weekend this weekend and watched very little football. But I've seen him in most of his games he's played, um, keeping a keen eye on the Shepparton uh, lad, Shepparton export, and my God. My God, he plays football. Um, just knows where to go, knows where to run, knows where to be, knows where the goals are at all times, um, and just has that. You know how some players just like they they get the ball and they're like, "No, I'm I'm kicking a goal. Like I'm not passing this one off because I'm backing myself to kick the goal more than I am backing myself to get it to a teammate who might be in a better position." You see that in you know Robbie Gray and players that have been playing for a, a, a long while. Josh Rochelle's in his fourth game and just has that innate sense that he knows when he needs to step up and you can't teach that. It's wonderful to watch and I'm jealous of Adelaide fans who get to watch him for the next 10 years. He looks like a very good player and Dan Batten, who's all over the rookies, was 
warning people all throughout the week not to trade him, not to trade him. Yes, his B his break even was forty two, but there was no reason why he couldn't pass it. It's just on the back of a couple poor games, and he's a small forward. He's going to have these poor games, and he had a very good game against Essendon, and um, couldn't get the win for it for the Crows and. Much to your delight there, Patch, but um, yeah, boy, he Sorry did get the it. Rising Star nomination this week, so obviously did something right. All right, let's jump in to a quick negative here, folks. One negative each if we could, and I'm going to cast my negative on the midfield rookies, at least most of them, at least the ones that are in most people's teams because uh, they've been underwhelming. It's it's not often that the forward line, as we talked about the last few weeks, is is the place where the rookies are scoring for us. In fact, that's almost never the case, but this year it is, and the midfield's really struggled. Guys like Ward and McDonald, Brady, who, what, when, where, why, they're all ticking over, but it's 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 pretty dreadful down there. You know, Nick Dacos and Jason Horn Francis excluded. I'm sure we'll talk about them more later in the podcast, but Josh Ward and Connor McDonald are definitely in the spotlight for a lot of people. Even though they've only had one or two price rises, they're not really doing what they uh, what people had hoped. No, no, it's a little disappointing, but let's talk about them a bit later. Damo, do you have any negatives from your week in Supercoach? I don't like when players go off injured and their Supercoach score goes down, like, randomly. Yeah, go on. Who, who oh, did God. that happen to? Here we go. Mitch Hinge was almost at 50 points when he got subbed out. He finished on 37. Hmm. The mysteries of Supercoach. Like, you know, maybe there was a stat correction or or maybe it's just because he wasn't on. Like, it's rough. There was a few rough scores this week and a few players that that dipped while they were on the bench. And yeah, yeah. But it bloody stings, particularly if they're on field and particularly if you've got another player outscoring them on the bench. Jeez, that hurts, Damo. Patrick, what was your negative? My negative was uh, Nathan, uh, sorry, was Heath Chapman. Um, because he scored lots of points and he did it not in my Supercoach team because I'm a silly boy who can't listen to his own, in hindsight, very sensible advice um, and hold him. He scored 118. He had 24 touches, um, you know, four marks, two tackles, three frees, four, which you love to see. Um, and I traded him to Jake Bowie, who scored 47 and is now... Uh, has a break even of 82 and I don't know what to do with him. So well done me. Um, <laughs> well done me. So Heath Chapman's doing what we thought Heath Chapman was going to do. Shocking. That's good for Supercoach. Shocking. What's, what's his price now? He's raised 70K, 350K. So he's not even terribly easy to get to anymore. Nope, I, could, but... I could make 20K by going Jake Bowie to him, but... But how much is that tra- – using two trades for that it was, it, also, in hindsight yeah. is an interesting decision. Yeah, I'm not a smart man, and we know this, but it's nice to just have that reinforced every now and again. All right, let's get into the, the headline news, gentlemen, and how that's going to impact Supercoach decisions this week. There's a few big pieces. So on the suspension front, Braden Proust has been offered one week, and Paddy Wright has been offered two weeks – Damo, how do you think this impacts Supercoach? 
Well, on the Braden Proust side, it means people don't need to rush to bring him in this week before his price goes up, because his price will go up because he's been scoring quite well in the two games that he has played. Um, they've got another week to not trade him in, really. And I mean, some people might choose to trade him in and use him as a loop this week, but there's no point really to, to jump on or move heaven and earth to get him this week, really. And um, for Paddy Ryder, it means that Jack Hayes probably returns and makes a little bit more cash for a couple more weeks. Hmm. Which is disappointing because I traded him, as I alluded to in this earlier in the pod, but very good for, for, for everyone else who held him. Patch. Like dog. In more Ruck news. More Ruck Nick Netanui is out for an extended period of time, potentially till what, past the buys? Past the buys, a long time. With a knee injury. Is this good news for, for Dicko owners? Um, look, probably. I mean, Hugh Dixon scored uh, 96 on the weekend. Um don't know how much Dixon gets thrown into the ruck. I still think he plays that backup Oscar Allen style role um, just because, you know, he's not quite built for it. Didn't play it in the waffle. The player who will probably get a lot of ruck time is uh, is Bailey Williams, my preseason love child, who didn't score well in the two games that he played. He scored 41 and then 78. Um, so that 78 was in the game that Nat Nui was missing uh, through health and safety protocols. And he's only 211K, or 218K rather. Um, hasn't had a price rise or drop yet. I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. I He's got a break-in of 10, which he'll make um, projected to score 40. Um, so I suspect he'll surpass that. But I think you could wait another week and have a gander and see if he's in that role. Um, Luke Stanatica uh, is also an option for the Eagles, assuming I've said his name correctly. Um, I just see Cicada when I when I read it. The, I just think his name's Cicada. I thought not, it was Stranatica. Stranatica. Stranatica sounds better, but I I do not know. There are too many too many consonants, and sir, I'd like you to buy a vowel. <laughs> Um, I don't know. It's an interesting conundrum, and it's not one I particularly want to get too involved with until I see what they do on the field, or at least see a team named at any rate. The other news, demo that we alluded to, Up the Baggers, which is a Carlton Twitter feed on Twitter, surprisingly, who are normally pretty damn accurate with their reportings. They report all the signings before they happen. They reported uh, the... Sam Walsh injury before it was reported. So they're generally pretty switched on as reported that Paddy Cripps should be in line to play this week versus Port Adelaide, that he sat out out of a, as a precaution. The hamstring isn't actually damaged, but he'll be monitored. Liam Stocker, Mark Pitnett, and Corey Durden should come back in as well. So while it's annoying that Cripps was subbed off, if we work off the assumption that he's going to continue playing, even with a break-even of 151, what are, what are we doing with him? It's just good news for owners, and it means that they don't need to trade him as long as he is lining up this weekend. And I didn't think it was too bad by looking at the footage of the way he acted when he left the field because he was running into the change rooms and looked pretty good going up the stairs in the change rooms. So I didn't think it was too bad, and I was surprised that he was subbed out in the end. But... Obviously, they wanted to take no risks with him. Yeah. Oh, they probably thought they were going to win the game without him. Well, um, I think even if he does miss this week, it sounds like, unless we hear otherwise, that it's a, a two- or three-week injury, I think you, you hold him regardless if you're a Cripps owner. Particularly if you're one who traded him in 
and gentlemen, I think that's probably the the majority of the the injury and suspension related news for us. Like we we record this on a Monday, and for some reason, no one except Port Adelaide ever has their injury reports up. So we're kind of just guessing from here on out. But let, let's push on. There's plenty of players where we've got question marks over. Plenty of players we want to look to bring in our team. I don't know where we want to start, but I'm just going to volunteer this name and say Matt Rowell. Patch, I'll probably direct this one at you. Hello. What do? What do? Don't start with him. Go back in time and don't start with him. Lol. Um, yeah, it's a rough one. He seems to be getting weird little roles. Um, I didn't see what his role was on the weekend, but you know, had that run with run with role. Played on Chera a lot, or Chera played on him a lot, um, one one way or the other. Yeah, he had that weird run with role against Oliver and Petrarca when um, Gold Coast played the played the D's. Um, yeah, didn't score well on the weekend and, you know, was kind of looked like a reasonably Matt Rowell game, but just didn't rack up the points. I think, you know, he's, it's obvious that he's not going to be that, uh, that keeper by the end of the year. So there's no point trying to, to hold on to him, um, for that, um, you know, that purpose, he's got a break even of 68 this week, so he's probably not going to dip in price or, or fall apart, but. He's certainly one that, you know, Damo, you're talking about that, you know, we, we might look to move him on. In my plans, I've moved him on to James Sicily already by cashing in Mitch Hinge as well. So I don't know if Mitch Hinge is going to be out, but obviously went off injured and his break even is now slightly higher than I feel comfortable with for Mitch Hinge. So I am think that Matt Real, I, I wouldn't hate people's, wouldn't hate people if they had Matt Rowell trading out in their plans. And then, uh, well, there's that nice little swing of, you know, a lot of people might not have enough cash um, to go Rowell up to, to someone like Sicily or, or another sort of primo in the midfield. And we'll probably talk about some options in a moment. Um, but Hinge potentially missing. We don't, there's a corked thigh, corked thigh, corked hip, corked something. Could be a week, could be six weeks, as Damo said before we started recording. We don't know. Um, but with a high break, Evan, you could probably trade him as well. Jake Bowie um, scored 47 on the weekend, um, as I mentioned before. He's one whose break even is now in the 80s, and you know, you'd know you be tossing a coin as to if he gets there or not. Um, he's one you could also trade out. Is that something you would be looking in those, to do in that position, uh, Lake Dog? Yeah, I, it's a tough one for me. I think if I'd started these guys, I'd consider trading. But I think if you've already used a trade on them, I don't know. It, that's a hard, tough pill to swallow. And I know I've seen a lot of people, myself included, I think I've used three trades, maybe four trades this season. Oh, yeah, of course, three because I boost trade boosted it in round two. I've seen people going really hard with the trades because 35 looks like a big number at the start of the year. But... As Damo's pointed out a few times, we've got to remember that some stage COVID's coming. It's going to come. It's going to affect players more than it has. As the winter months kick on, you reckon there's going to be a lot more health and safety protocols kicking into gear. So we just need to be mindful of that when we're making decisions on trades. And sometimes taking the hit now and losing some cash on a guy might help you in the long run because we're, what, four rounds into a 23-round season and there are people who have less than 30 trades left already. So it, it, it's worrying, particularly when you consider you're probably using six, seven, eight trades during the buy rounds alone. So I'm always going to preach conservatism on these sort of players. 
whether a break evens are still achievable. I know Bowie's break evens high, but we've seen him hit it a couple times this year. But yeah, I think I don't know if right now is the time to be making these moves, but I'm more than happy to be proven wrong. I think you're a boring old biddy, Lake Dog. Trade away. <laughs> trade away. You trade ass off? Trade trade ass off, indeed. Um maybe uh, maybe. I don't know. You speak you speak sense, but part of me does want to maximize that cash so that we can you know slide yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Damo, there are some rookies we should be talking about while I ruminate on my failures. Uh do you want to talk to us about the two Fremantle rookies who are on everyone's lips in Neil Erasmus and Nathan O'Driscoll. Neil Erasmus, Nathan O'Driscoll, both similar prices. Nathan O'Driscoll probably has the better job security at the moment. Um, Darcy Tucker and Caleb Sarong are both likely to line up on Sunday, meaning that Neil Erasmus is probably the one that gets dropped for one of them. So I would try and watch out for team sheets on that one. But yeah, if they both are named, then both of them are fairly decent options. I would probably go O'Driscoll over Erasmus, though. Could you potentially target both Demo, or or would you be suggesting to people to to take O'Driscoll and maybe let Erasmus go? If you're if you're looking at getting in two rookies, then you definitely could get both. But if you need to toss up between one or the other, O'Driscoll is the one I would aim for. Do you need to move a Connor McDonald, a Dylan Stevens, a Josh Ward, a Brady who, what, where, when, how to one of these guys? Because O'Driscoll looks very good, scored, you know, turned up on the weekend, has the capacity to score, which doesn't look like who Hoff, however you say his name, Hoff, um, McDonald, Ward, they haven't displayed that capability just yet this season. Do we got to move him on, don't we? There is a case for keeping them because it feels like Sam Mitchell is going to uh, stick fat with the younger guys. But if you have them on field and you don't have cover because you've jumped on the likes of Dylan Stevens and Mitch Owens and all these players that have been dropped to the seconds, then maybe that's when you trade them. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, Do we want to swing to the forward line? We've... uh... No, sorry, while we're still flicking around in the back line of the midfield, uh, Jordan Ridley. Uh, Jordan Ridley is a hold, I think, unless there's any objections from the peanut gallery. I think he's no. a hold. He was cleared of concussion after the game, so at this stage I would assume they're preparing for him to line up against the Dockers on the weekend. Look, he, yeah, I, look, he was terrible. He was, he was bad, and then he had the head knock, and then it looked... You know, it's easy to read into it and say that's the reason, but he was bad. He was bad beforehand, but he scored a 68 and a 74 as his two low scores this season. He scored a 102 and a 115 as his two high scores. That range of 90, I think, that he's averaging at the moment is at the lower end of what I think he'll produce come the end of the season. He's a young player. We've talked about it. He's only played 51 games now. I think he's going to continue to improve. He averages 100 and three against Frio, so I'm, I'm, I'm keen to see how he goes against them. And then he's got a run of Collingwood Bulldogs, Hawthorne, Sydney, who he loves playing also. So I, I just think he's a hold. The thing, that, the thing that stands out to me, sorry, Patch, to cut you off, um, 
is that he's gotten about 18 disposals every week so far this season, but his scores have fluctuated. So it comes down to what he does with the ball and his intercept marking that really decides where his scoring goes. And these little jobs on playing on small forwards and playing on key forwards because Essendon can't get their backline mix right is slightly worrying, but Eventually, he finds himself off the leash and gets to a, I'll say, respectable score. Well, the other thing is, I'm watching him. There's been multiple occasions this season where he's had a kick in and bloody kicked in from the goal square. Take a step out, you... (laughs) What are you doing, Jordan? Get the stat! Heath Shaw would be ropeable. We spoke to Heath Shaw at the launch of Supercoach and he said there were players that they just had the thirst that, you know, would step out of the square. They made sure they they got their possession count up. And Ridley's just not doing that. And I, I love you, Jordan, but it breaks my damn heart. It breaks hey, my buddy, damn Too good for your heart. home. Um, Jake Lloyd is also averaging just 94, which you wouldn't have wanted from somebody who started him. And at 558K uh, and Luke Ryan as well um, in 7.7% of teams, averaging just the 94, which is probably... Uh, a bit lower than you would have wanted if you'd started him. Caleb Daniel averaging 88 as well. Um, do, do just very, very quickly, do those three need to be looked at or are they holds as well? You just got to hold them at this point, I think. Um, that's why we've got, that's why the 550K rule exists, everyone. That's why it exists, it's to protect you. Uh, and I did say all the way back in what, January, that. I was worried about Luke Ryan because of Hayden Young and Heath Chapman and Jordan Clark and all those guys that were going to be fit this season. Now it's not the time for our told you so's, Damos. We know you're very smart. Luke Ryan's an interesting one, Damo. You'll know more about him. I'm not going to comment on his role, but the other guys listed, we know what their roles are. We know that they can score points. We know that, like, look at Jack Crisp. Everyone wanted to move him. You backed him in for a week, he comes out, scores a 132. All these guys are capable of that. And maybe Ryan has to play a bit taller or something, Damo, I'm not sure. But all the other guys I'd be backing. If you're one of the few Jack Zebel owners, though, he scored 90, but he had to play forward and had to kick five goals to do it. So if you're a Jack Zebel yeah. owner, I'd actually be jumping the hell off. Yeah, agreed. agreed. Yeah, Roll's not there. David Noble seems to now adore him in the forward line. I don't think he is a defensive option anymore in Supercoach. Yeah, and at some stage he'll become a forward this year if it, this continues. Like you can't, you you don't play him at in the at full forward essentially and have him kick five goals and then stop playing him up there. Yeah. Do you? not not in that North Melbourne side either, which is uh, not exactly overflowing with goals at the best of times. One guy before we move off the back line that is an expensive player at this point, gained 36K this year. Sam Doherty, I am just find myself in awe of this human being. Incredible. He is an amazing man, and he is dominant. Not only is he just scoring well in Supercoach, he's playing really good football as well. Amazing comeback from him, especially considering what he had to go through in the preseason and the end of last season. So he has had an amazing start to the year, and his form has been incredible considering... Everything really. 
Yeah, no, it's it's super impressive, super impressive. And a guy that come the buyers, I think a lot of people will be looking at. So um, another guy, Patch, before we move on, I know we've got to move on, but Jack Sinclair, you've been talking about him all year. Yeah, well, Marto uh, gave very highly ranked this year. Yeah, Marto gave him a, a bit of a G up to start with. I was keen on him, nearly, nearly started him, but, you know, kind of, Played, pulled back and played it safe, and boy, do I regret that. With um, with a few midfielders missing, with Hunter Clark and Zach Jones out of the side, he's been very, very good in there. Um, however, whether or not that lasts when those players come back, which you know could be, you know, could st- could well still be another month away. Um, but you know, that's it's it's a marathon, not a sprint, and there's a little bit of concern there. Um, as to whether or not he can keep it up, but only in two point three percent of time in two point three percent of sides, I'm, oh, I'm tempted. I'm tempted, baby. Well, there's another guy as well that you've been talking about, and this can link us to the forward line, mm. defence forward eligible. Mm. Daniel, Rioli. Daniel Rioli, Jinx, eighty k. He's gained eighty k, eighty four k this year. So he was dirt cheap earlier, and he was someone that. In the preseason, it like there was rooms the role was going to be there, but the scoring capacity didn't seem to be there. And come the real deal, he's now averaging ninety seven point five for the year. Yeah, he's gone coming off a one hundred one. He's gone seventy one, one hundred eleven, one hundred seven, and then that one hundred one you mentioned has Adelaide, Melbourne, West Coast, Collingwood, Hawthorne to come. Um, just looks like he's slotted in there really, really nicely. Um, playing good football. I haven't seen too many Tigers games, so I haven't been able to see if he passes the eye test or not but you know everything from a from a stat line perspective you that you would would have wanted to see in that role is there and you know part of me wants to jump on while he's still 420k uh, whether or not you, you will be able to will depend on your situation if you wanted to swing a Matt Rowell out and bring in a Rioli by bringing you know Rochelle or Canelio into the forward line or even you know Whitfield in to the midfield um you know, there, there's scope there, and I think he's at this stage he's shown pretty much everything that you'd want from him. And I don't believe there's anyone still coming into that side who would shake him out of that spot. Well, Damo, I want to ask you this: at this stage in the season, a lot of the time previously, we've just been talking about maximizing cash gen. This is the time where you target your rookies, you get rid of your spud rookies, so that come the buys, we target these premiums that that have dipped or their prices on the way down. Often the the really good super coaches and the ones that jump up in the competition are the ones that jump on players on the rise and probably a little earlier than than the rest of the the community. You look at a guy like Daniel Rioli who looks like he's on the rise. How do you make the call that you should jump on him and what is if he's already made 80k is that too much? He's still under 500k, so I still think he's a bargain based on what he's producing. He's stepped into that Bashahuli role that now, and now Bashahuli's not there. There's there was a void of significance, as you uh, as as you say, Lek. And um, I mean, I've got no qualms about people bringing him in, but is now the right time? And like you said, it could push you ahead, but other teams will eventually catch up eventually and it just matters it's just a case of do you trade him in now and can you keep up that momentum by stopping one of your players generating cash now or do you wait until that player has fully fattened before you then go and search for your options 
Yeah, I, I think if it's a if it's a Raoul or dare I say it a Bowie, as I literally go into my own side at the moment and realise that I'm capable of trading Stevens to O'Driscoll and then Bowie to Rioli. I think now that you've mentioned that, maybe it's a good idea. Maybe it's a good idea. Well, yeah, I mean, look, I've always played the conservative side and not jumped on players until I've seen more data than is probably required. So I'm not the person to ask about when's the right time to jump on a guy that's on the up because 99% of the time I've made the call and it's been the wrong call. And that's so. why you're a boring old biddy, as I said before. Um, well, speaking of boring, let's go to the boring forward the line. Boring line. I know you've got some ridiculous names to talk oh, about. Oh, I'm Patch. so excited. So excited. But we need to talk about Zach Butters. Damo, talk to us about Zach Butters before we get too deep into the the absolute mud that Lek and I are about to drag us into. <laughs> Hasn't had a great fortnight scoring 58 against Adelaide and then 57 against Melbourne. I believe he's had a role change or a slight role change with Robbie Gray missing with health and safety protocols. Hopefully when uh, Robbie Gray returns uh, this week, Butters returns to the role that he had in the first two rounds. But I'm willing to hold Butters for a little bit longer to see if he can recapture his form. He His second halves have been great. It's his first halves and actually getting into the game that he struggled with the last two weeks. And, you know, one thing to consider is A, Porter struggled, and B, in two weeks' time, if you've still got him at this at this point in time, heading into round five, in two weeks' time he's going to be a mid-forward swing option, so that'll open up some moves for people out there. So I think best practice right now would, would be to hold, but it, it is tough to stomach when you've got guys like Rochelle or, you know, Martin or Dixon on the bench doubling his score over the last couple of weeks. Speaking of forward mid uh, guys that will gain midfield eligibility and uh, are scoring lots of points, like Isaac Heaney is in 40% of teams, which I didn't realize, but pumped out another 131 on the weekend is averaging 125. No, he is. And Ooh. I reckon with that last goal, I was watching and, and I think he jumped from about 90. He was on about 90 when he kicked that goal. And by the end of the game, he was on 131. So I I, I was I was a little surprised. Scores of 141, 140, 88 and 131 this year. He's been a beast. I do have a bet with Zaino on Twitter that he will not be a top 10 Total points forward this year. So how's that? How are you feeling about that? Well, I'm I'm going to need them to either remove forward eligibility from him, or one of us to trade him in because obviously if we do that, he will get injured. Yes, and I'm I'm still kicking myself for saying that this is the year all through the preseason and then backing out like the coward I am because I didn't start him and boy do I wish I did but he looks so good and he is getting well and truly up the ground and he's still kicking goals and he's. Yeah, yeah. He's impactful. Yeah, but yeah. Buddy Franklin's having surgery. Maybe he has to play forward more, Damo. If... He's definitely having a big impact. And Tim Mitchell pointed out on Twitter he was on 72 with like 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter. So clearly he had a massive impact to bring Sydney over the line against North Melbourne. Um with Buddy out, it does. It, it is interesting to see what happens to Heaney, especially since 
in years gone by, when Buddy has been missing, Heaney has been that forward target in Buddy's place. Yeah, it might also be one of those ones that in the form he's in, even if he is the full forward, like he kicked he, he kicked five against Geelong, he kicked three against GWS, two against North on the weekend. Maybe he just continues to be good. You're going to crucify me for saying it, and rightfully so, but from a stat line perspective, Dustin Martin roll. Oh, the dust. He's the dusty. The, he's the new Dustin Martin. Patch said it. Patch said it. Cancel me on Twitter, everyone. Um, call me Kane Corns, and I. Yeah, but like from a stat line perspective, that's the impact he's having. You know, he's not getting thirty touches. He's having twenty and kicking two goals, and they're impactful goals and impactful possessions. And I've, I've said hey, it. I've said it now. You said it. I've said it. There's no taking it back. The Ford line, the rest of the Ford line is an interesting mix this year. Tim English ranks second, Josh Dunkley third, Tim Taranto, Luke Jackson, Will Brody, Stephen Ganigliog, Daniel Rioli, and Max King. And I've left one name off the top 10 list, Patch, because you won't stop talking about this guy. Oh, my word. In our, in our DMs. And it's Dylan Moore. Dylan Moore. <laughs> Dylan Moore. Seventh ranked forward this year. I, I honestly don't know who this person is. He's um he's a, a small small forward at Hawthorne, which you know coming into the season you would have thought would be the least fantasy friendly role in the entire game. He's getting a long way up the ground. He's scoring really, really, really consistently. He's had 90, 103, 94, 105 so far. He's getting involved in tackles. He's getting involved in scoring chains. He's getting on the end of scoring chains, kicking goals. Um, just Really, really solid. Really, really consistent. I really like him. A lot of Hawthorne fans really like him. Um, you know, the the one knock could be that you know playing North, Port, Carlton, and St Kilda sides that have given up more fantasy points than others so far this season. But God, he looks good. God, he looks good. Yeah, he's he's he played against. Uh, he dominated the Blues. We were lucky to get the win there, but he was looking very good in that game and. Um, I was very surprised to see to see how he'd been scoring. So he, he's an interesting one. And in a similar vein to Rioli, you know, he's on the up. It's a, it's a different type of on the up, but he's on the up. Yeah, definitely. And at 455K, this is the last chance you'd get him at, you know, what you consider a discount. This is probably what the, the most I'd want to pay for him, having not seen premium output from him before. Um, but God, I want to. And if he's on, uh, if you're in any draft leagues and he's on the waiver wire, get him immediately. And because Hawthorne were dumb, he's a permanent free agent because he was delisted and then redrafted. Yep. That is going to come back to bite them. Oh, Absolutely going to yes. come back to bite them. Now, Lakedog, you, uh, speaking of cancelable takes, you've uh, <laughs> you've told us before we recorded that you have a new Lincoln McCarthy that uh, is the yeah, baseline I've got a new Lincoln line. McCarthy. And... I've got a new Lincoln McCarthy. I guess Brad Close so that... was told I was wrong. So Brad Close is close. Mm, pardon the pun. <laughs> He's close. Shout out to Geelong. They've put him up for Prime Minister. Vote one Brad Close for the Sleeves Party. Obviously, he's the opposition because there's no way that Jack Silvani isn't leading the Sleeves Party. But anyway, we is, can talk do, about do that I, later. Do I smell factional infighting? <laughs> yes, factional infighting in the Sleeves Party. And let's be honest, I'd be the face of it. Anyway, uh, I just wanted to do one quick shout out to Jack to Jade Gresham, who's still three, only three hundred and sixty four k, and has turned up in three of the, his four matches. St Kilda, 
have been utilizing him pretty well. Um, did have to kick a hell of a lot of goals to get to the ton on the weekend, but he's another guy that I'm I'm liking at sub 370k. But he, here's my here's my new Lincoln McCarthy, everyone. Damo's gonna oh for 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 yeah. a second there I thought Jade Gresham was your new yeah, so was I. No, and I was, and no, I was gonna no. get really angry. It's like is that's what we've been waiting for? That, that is what we've been that? waiting for. Yeah, no, no. this is what you, you've been right, waiting for. My, the new Lincoln McCarthy. So and b- you before, mark my words. Before we go into this, can you explain to any potential new listeners, uh, welcome, uh, what why Lincoln McCarthy is a big deal? Why this irrelevant fantasy football <laughs> was is... a top? Lincoln McCarthy is. What you not the most exciting player no. in, in the no, AFL. he's not. I think I know who you're gonna say. We'll see, we'll see. He's he's not the most exciting player in the AFL. He he only averaged seventy eight last year, but he was still a top twenty ranked forward because the forward line sucks and total points are all that matters. He played twenty two games, he got there. So this is the new Lincoln McCarthy mm-hmm. and it is a man close to both of your hearts. Oh. Travis Collier is the new oh, Lincoln dog. McCarthy. <laughs> Didn't play round one. Well, he was this. I think he was the sub in round two. But since coming on, dog. 93 against West Coast, 89 against GWS, 14 disposals a game, two Lake goals, dog. one goal. Mate, come the end of the season, mark my words, the new Lincoln McCarthy, Travis Collier. You're an idiot. I say this with love, but you are the dumbest man alive. <laughs> and this is worse than your call about Isaac Heaney. What are you doing? I thought it was going to be Sam Switkowski. That's what. That, that, that's where my mind went. <laughs> and that's why when no, you said a man Sam goes- Switkowski is a poor man's Travis Collier. Oh. No, Travis Collier is a poor man's Sam Switkowski. <laughs> the only difference is Sam's, Travis Collier is durable. And Travis Collier wasn't durable when he was at Essendon. Well, that's one of the keys. Availability is your best ability. He was, now, he Sam was in the team in the first two. What are you talking well, that about? That was a mistake. That was a mistake by Longmire. He had COVID fog of the brain. You're, you're an idiot. <laughs> Mark <laughs> my words. I thought Mark you, my I thought words. You were going to say Jamie Elliott or like Charlie Cameron or like a... Like a oh whatever fine. The fact that you were guessing who I was going to name in, should indicate that it was never going to be. Those I mean, it's, it was, but like I'd have taken Jack Silvani and been like, yeah, we're fine. Like, let's it's fine. Oh, you know how to rile me up, like dog, like no one else in this planet. <laughs> well, let's let's wrap this one up. Let's quickly talk about the midfield. I don't think we need to talk about the rucks. I don't think anyone's making any chances in the rucks. No, unless you've got Nat Nui, in which case you're going to Tim English or Max Gorn or Brody Grundy or whoever you don't have. Um, I don't think Jared Witts is going to score 154 every week. Just while on Jared Witts, I was wrong about him. I'll put the hand up. That was I did not see that coming. I thought he'd average 70. Apologies to anyone who was scared off by me. He's looked good, but I mean, he did have some knee troubles against Carlton and went off multiple times late in the game. So hopefully he's okay for the owners there. Yeah, he's certainly not someone I'd be paying more than what his starting price was personally. But, uh, uh, but you know, he, he he's coming along. Lockie Neal has already gained 90k. He's back to his best, it seems. He's the number one ranked in super coach player. Uh, in Supercoach this year, Damo. He scored 128 while being tagged. 
no. He's so good. So imagine he what score so he would have got against Geelong if he wasn't tagged. It would have been like the score he had against Essendon when he wasn't tagged. <laughs> mm. And then, interestingly, to the the top five in Supercoach this year are all midfielders, but they're certainly not midfielders we probably would have anticipated. Neil and McRae are in there, sure. But Boke, Tom Green, and Andrew Brayshaw round out the top five. Andrew Brayshaw is a surprise? For top five, yes. Not a surprise to me. I would, I, oh, I would, here I, we go. I wouldn't have started him if I didn't think he could do it. He is a surprise. He is a surprise. Maybe not as surprising as Travis Spoke and Tom Green, but he is a surprise. Mm. And then you got guys like Ben Keyes, George Hewitt, soon to be Isaac Heaney, Christian Petrarca rounding out the top 10. Like, it's an interesting mix of players. But what I want to talk about, gentlemen, obviously, if you had Nova or Paddy Cripps and they're playing this week, you hold them. There are starting to be some names that are getting very delectable. Took Miller has already lost 50K. Marcus Bontempelli has already lost 40k. Jack Steele has already lost 50k. And these guys still have cash to lose. Mm. Very interesting. Very tasty. People to keep an eye on. Josh Kelly has lost 50k as well. If you want to get a little bit dicier. Um, yeah, we've got some players to keep an eye on. I don't think any of them you'd be bringing in this week unless you're trading out Raul and that's where you want to spend your cash. Um, but you know, you'd be looking at potentially a green or a Petrarca or someone who's not losing as much as uh, as these guys that still have money to lose. And Oliver's comes up against the Giants this week and could get the the dreaded double tag of DeBoer and Ash. And I don't know why Lockie Ash is being used as a tagger, but anyway, as you were, Leon. Dane Zorko has a break-even of 152, and after this round could be defense eligible. That's a good call. Yeah, he's certainly someone to look at uh, if you're willing to take on the injury risk. And, you know, once that price is dipped, he's certainly someone that we we should be considering. I think I almost rather, in the same vein, Scott Pendlebury, um, who remarkably, uh, we knew we'd, he'd be playing off the halfback and could maybe be a defensive option towards the middle of the year, but he's averaging 106 um, three-round average of 113 and is the 13th ranked midfielder for the year, which, yeah, not not a thing I expected. No, certainly not something I I thought. I thought maybe we'd be looking at like a 90 capping mm. out at a, at, yep. a, at a 100 maybe. Yep, that's what I thought. But all of a sudden it, it's someone that's uh, it's pretty, damn, pretty damn enticing when he gets defense eligibility. There's going to be so many good defenders. I'm so excited. So excited. And of course, everyone should be jumping on Brad Crouch, the 16th ranked midfielder for 2022. Who will, as you mentioned, pick up defensive eligibility for those not uh, hooked in there. Don't pick up Brad Crouch. Sorry, no, not Brad Crouch. I'm thinking of Hill. What am I? uh, Brad Hill. Brad Hill. Bradley Hill. Too many Brads. Please eliminate three. I'm not a crackpot. (laughs) God, I'm, I'm mi- Brad Crouch has gone to Adelaide, and I'm still mixing him up to St Kilda, and I'm still mixing him up with other players. How? I'm gonna, there I'm gonna are stop two talking. Crouches. It's time to accept it. Please, there are too many Crouches. Please eliminate three. I am not a crackpot. <laughs>
Well, we've lost the absolute plot here. Over it. Oh, and Patrick Dangerfield was another one I had on my list that is going to be dirt cheap. I think he, he's already lost 60 grand. His break-even is 136. And Damo, as you've pointed out, he's a key forward. So, Or he scores like one. So choose, select at your own risk. And he's against Hawthorne Ooh. as well. I was going to say, he's going to make that break-even this week and then some. Yeah, he, he does love him. And then he's got North, which he once scored 229 points against. <laughs> so, But yes, he's very cheap. 507k now. So if you're willing to take the take 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 him on, he could be your reward. In fact, I'm, I'm bloody tempted to find a way to pick him up. It would be good. It would be good. Anyway, we're going to go tinker with our teams now because all of us, I can see in all of our eyes, we've just got the reflection of the screen of that, that fabled green supercoach field in front of our eyes. Then we should probably go. We should probably go, and I shall torment Dog some more about Carlton losing and Essendon winning. I'm very comfortable with Carlton losing their one game for 2022. Yeah, okay. All it's always right. tough to uh, accept when a dynasty is over. Hey, Demo, three and one's pretty good, isn't it? I like three and one. It's better, it's better than one and yeah. three. Hey, it's... Well, it's very similar to one and three, except that one's much higher. Yes. Hmm. See you later, community. It's been lovely to chat to you. Um, go Dons. <laughs> go Blues. Go Dockers.